This is episode 71 of Bella in Your Business. Welcome to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready. Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump. Welcome to Bella in Your Business. This is Bella Vasta with Jump Consulting. And today I have one of our own with us. Liana Sanders is here with us from What Knows Pet Sitting and Dog Walking. And I am so excited to have her on because she is in one of my Facebook groups. And we had a debacle. Now, you guys have got to understand that I have a lot of people in my Facebook groups. And unfortunately, sometimes people just come in there to vent or you know, complain. And I was really impressed with the situation that Liana had and how she handled it. And I really wanted to put her on a pedestal. I know this is probably like embarrassing. (laughs) I wanted other people to hear about this scenario because we all have these kind of scenarios in our businesses. And I wanted them to hear about the steps that she took, not only for her self-sanity, but also to de-escalate the problem and back up her team and still actually make the client become a raving fan. I mean, this is stuff that we learn, but hardly ever do you actually see implemented. So without further ado, welcome to the show. Thank you. (laughs) For those of the listeners who might not know you, can you tell us where you are, the background of your company, how many people are working for you? Just like kind of a understanding of where you're at. Sure. So I have a pet sitting and dog walking company and we're in Fort Collins, Colorado, which is about an hour north of Denver for anybody who knows Colorado. And we've been in business for about seven years now. And I do have a full-time manager and I have staff that runs anywhere between about eight sitters to 15 at any given time, depending on how many are full-time and how many are part-time. So our business is mostly pet sitting. Dog walking is not as big here in our area. So we do a little bit of everything and we really specialize in high needs houses and high needs pets. So a lot of very ill animals, a lot of households where the humans have health problems, things like that. So we do a very high-end service for people that have really high needs. (laughs) Which must make it interesting as the business owner. And you have a whole nother business too. I do. I have a whole nother business. My pet sitting manager actually handles the vast majority of our normal stuff for our pet sitting company. So she handles most of the training and day-to-day and scheduling with our clients and everything. So I, I give kudos to our manager. She's fantastic. She's been with us for many years versus a pet sitter and now as the manager. So I pretty much step in and handle the end of hiring and management of any situations that go wrong or if there's any major problems with sitters and I do the marketing and things like that. But yeah, I have another business that takes the majority of my time. (laughs) That's incredible. I want our listeners to know that, that it's not like you're sitting around just like, La di da di da. Um, oh, a lot gosh, no. of people are in that midst right now where they're trying to hire office managers and it's very perplexing because yes. it's very daunting, you know? So kudos to you for finding an incredible office manager that can really help you literally manage the company so you could go build mm-hmm. and manage another company. I mean, I have so much respect for you in that way. You are the true definition of delegation and scaling. So congratulations on that. 
So let's take us back to this client we're going to talk about today. We could change names if you want to. <laughs> but was this a new client, an existing client? This was an existing client. He'd been with us for about a year now. We were actually brought on because his wife is having some severe health problems then and now. And so we were brought on when they were going to be traveling for health care. And so, of course, the situation was always uptight and stressful as was because they were traveling because of personal issues, not just for fun vacations. But he had been using us pretty consistently off and on for the last year. And my sitters were very familiar with him. And he'd used a multitude of our sitters, both because sitters moved out of the area and just because he was such a high demand client that he had multiple sitters assigned to him. I love that fact right there. This is completely separate from our conversation, but that he was a high maintenance client, but you and your staff or your office manager were able to set the proper expectations that, listen, we'll allow you to be high maintenance or, you know, oblige all of your requests Mm -hmm. on the condition that you also accept and understand that I can't give you the same person all the time. Oh yeah. There's just no way when you have a client that uh, this guy literally uses two visits a day plus overnights. And there's just no way that a single sitter can manage that every time that he goes out of town. So sometimes we, we don't often try to share visits or individual trips, but sometimes with that, it's just needed, especially sometimes they were on for two or three weeks at a time. And there's just no way out of an individual sitter. I love that you're saying that because I know there's someone out there right now that needs to hear that. So also as a backstory for this too, tell our listeners, because I know it's not common in the industry to do what we call job share, where Mm -hmm. your company is taking care of a pet and someone else, like a friend, neighbor, a relative comes in. But I do know that you guys do that because that's just kind of how your area works. Tell us a little bit more about that just so people can get the context. Absolutely. So our area is very relaxed. There are a lot of things that we do with our company that I wouldn't prefer to do, but are common nature in our region. Dog doors are used a lot where they're left open during the day, which is not necessarily something we love, but it's just something that's very, very common in this area. We also do job share, which is, of course, not optimal. And we try to get other people's information. Again, the area is so lax that people really balk at not being able to job share. It's a very dog-friendly area. I forget what the number of pets per capita is, but it's huge. Our city is built around the second largest vet school in the nation. So there's just a lot of animals here and a lot of people. And we do get a lot of college students. And of course, if they can have friends fill in here and there, they do. So we do allow job sharing. It's not our favorite thing to do, but it is not something that has caused us a lot of problems in the past. And so we have felt that, and we probably do still feel moving forward that it's been worth the trade-off for us. Got it. Okay. So this client has been booking for a long time and now he had this current booking. What did he book? Do you remember? Yeah, it was about three weeks, uh, a little bit off and on of overnights and then a couple of visits during the day. So I believe he was doing 12-hour overnights and a visit during the day. And like I said, it was off and on for a few weeks. We did the first week and a half, I believe, and then they had some friends take over for a few days. And then we took over for the second portion and then another gap and then another few days. Okay. So what happened? So you're going about your business, your own life and Mm -hmm. your other business and you get... Take us back. You get some <laughs> notification from your office manager. What happened? Yeah. So my office manager calls me in a bit of a panic, I think on a Sunday night at like nine o'clock, which is totally out of character for her. She pretty much handles everything unless it's a dire emergency. So she gave me a call and she just said, you know, we've got this customer who's super angry. I don't know what happened. He says that we neglected the animals and, you know, he wants a refund and, and on and on. So, you know, I told her, 
let's go ahead. It's nine o'clock at night. <laughs> so on a Sunday, I told her just to, you know, take a break and I would connect with him the next day. And so he wanted to call back that night. So I said, all right, give this guy a call, tell him that we're looking into it. We're going to figure out what we can do and we're going to connect with him the next day. So told her to take a deep breath and we yeah. would just, we take a look at it. I, I'm always hesitant to jump to conclusions when I don't know the whole story. And of course, all I'm hearing, you know, I, I don't keep in touch with the day to day. So for all, I didn't even know this guy was gone. So all I'm hearing is this all of a sudden angry story about who knows what. So I want to point out a couple of things there. First of all, you were able to be objective because you weren't mm-hmm. subjected to the exactly <laughs> kind of like ah. and your office manager was. I'm sure that your office manager felt so happy that she could go. Liana, it really helps to have multiple levels so they can defer to me, you know, the sitters and the manager. And I always tell them, just blame anything on me. It's fine. Like if the client doesn't like our policies or whatever the case may be, just tell them it's totally up to me and it's not their problem. So they give them a nice uh, scenario. Yeah. It gives them a nice layer of differentiation so that not everything is their responsibility and they can kind of weight off their shoulders that they haven't chosen these things. So it was nice for me to just be able to tell her, you know, we're going to work through this. And I know you just got the brunt of this guy being irately angry, but we're going to figure this out tomorrow. So. I love that because before I even had staff myself, you know, you get that nine o'clock on a Sunday night, then you're like adrenaline's running, mm-hmm. you are laying awake, wondering what's happening, secretly trying to work on it, like in the back end of system, you know, what happened and who was there and piecing it all together, knowing you mm-hmm. can't talk to anyone, but still obsessing over it. Then you wake up Monday morning and you have to deal with it and you're not fully rested. You're paranoid. You're full of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And you've got this guy that's still just coming at you and you don't want to react. You want to respond, right? Correct. So- Liana wakes up the next morning and when we come back from this commercial break, she's going to tell us what exactly happened. Are you concerned that accepting credit cards for your pet sitting business is too complicated or too expensive? Well, if you answered yes, I have good news. It's probably because you've not heard of Leaders Merchant Services. Trust me, Leaders Merchant Services makes accepting credit cards super easy and affordable for my business. They work with all kinds of businesses throughout the United States, and they have developed a special rate plan just for pet sitters like us. I know Leaders Merchant Services can help your business. I've even got a dedicated representative to speak to, and he's always happy to share valuable information. Working with Leaders Merchant Services is like having a friend or family member in the credit card processing business. If you want to know more or see how much they can save your business a month, go to jumpconsulting.net forward slash credit card. That's jumpconsulting.net forward slash credit card. So I can personally connect you with my specialist. And we're back from the commercial break. I've got Liliana Sanders with me from Wet Nose Pet Sitting. And gosh, girl, what happened the next morning? It's Monday morning. You wake up and what happened? Yeah. So at that point I had, you know, an overnight to process it and the manager had had an overnight to process it, which was great. And so I told her, let's just sit down and meet, get this all hashed out between us before we really respond to the client. I needed to hear from the sitter what had happened because basically the client was saying, I was trying to piece together all this information from what the manager had heard, as well as look at the appointment and see what actually was supposed to have happened. And so, so you asked the manager like, okay, so 
I hear you're telling me this is what he's saying, or maybe even phone mm-hmm. the message to you. And then you ask the manager, like, what do you think happened or what's your take? So, so I gathered as much information from her as I could about their communication thus far. And then I sent him a quick email that just said, Hey, this is my understanding of what you believe has happened so far. Is this correct? Just because I wanted to make sure there was no miscommunication between what my manager had heard and what I was hearing. That's awesome. And of course, I've never spoken to this guy before. I've never emailed with him. So I just did a quick introduction of myself. You know, I'm so sorry of any problems that you're having to deal with this situation right now. Of course, not admitting fault because I don't know what happened yet. I'm going to put that in the show notes and I'm going to type it now. I'm sorry about... The uh, stress that this situation has caused. About the stress. For whatever reason, you know. <laughs> so... It's in the show notes. So if you're driving or walking dogs right now and you want to know how to nicely phrase things without admitting guilt, you can borrow that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, regardless of whether it was our fault or someone else's fault, obviously this guy is upset and we've never had a problem with him before. That was one of the first thing I established with the manager is have we ever had a problem with this guy before? Has he ever complained about anything? And is this house difficult? Like, is this actually, other than the fact that it's very time consuming, is this house actually hard? Is there something going on here? And so we went through all of that information. After she's had an evening to really digest this, she's realizing there's also issues with this story. So at that point, we decided to just sit down with the sitter who did the majority of the visits. The manager had also done some, which I found really interesting because she normally does not step in and do visits. But in this case, she had because it had been such a long trip. So Mm -hmm. she had firsthand knowledge of what had gone on during this trip. So we all decided to sit down. This was Monday morning at like 10 o'clock. Oh, I had tried calling him as well. And I had not gotten a response. I called him and I just said, Hey, we're really just trying to figure out what's going on with this situation. I'm just really confused on a handful of points. And I want to just make sure I have a full grasp of what happened. And so asked him to call me back. He didn't call me back. He didn't answer my email, I think, until later that day. So we had a few hours, the sitter and the manager and I all sat down and really tried to hash out what had happened based on only his communication that he'd had with the manager the night before when he was completely irate. And then I think he'd sent her a couple text messages. He'd been home at this point for about four days from his trip. And he'd come home from his trip and everything had been fine. He'd sent the sitter multiple text messages that everything was fine. They'd gotten in. Of course, because of the health problems going in with the family, we allow communication between our sitters and the clients. It all goes through email and things that we can look at, but we allow communication. So a lot of the sitters that had worked with him had known about the medical treatment that was going on with his wife and things. So there was a lot of personal relationships there. So they'd had some discussions since he'd gotten home and he'd seemed fine. So there was a lot of confusion there, of course. So what had happened was, is after he returned home, his friend who had watched the house for a few days in there had texted him and said, hey, when I showed up on this day in the middle of the trip, when I was taking over, there were... 20 plus accidents in the middle of the house. Everything was locked up. The dogs had not been let outside. It just looked like the dogs had not been let out in many days. So in his head, he jumped to, or well, this is what I'm assuming. (laughs) He jumped to the perspective that there's no way we'd been there. Like there is just no way that we had been in the house because based on where things were and the number of messes, nobody had shown up. So... In our meeting, when I sat down with the sitter and with our manager, we really went over, you know, were there any accidents? Were there any times the dogs had accidents while you were there? Why was the house closed up? Because one thing with this house is he does have multiple dog doors in the house and they leave them open 
24-7. So why was the house closed up when the person got there? Yeah, I've never been in this house. So we also drew maps of the house and I had them show me of course, we weren't really sure based on what he'd said where accidents would be, but we started like hashing out, okay, there's dog doors and gates in this area of the house. Could they have gotten back there? Like, what are the possibilities? And we really just could not figure out a scenario in which the dogs had had that many accidents without considering seeing. And my manager specifically, there's some concern as well because this is a relatively new sitter with us. She'd been with us for a few months at this point. Yeah. So I don't have a ton of background experience with her. I always give my sitters the benefit of the doubt. Always, always, because yeah, I, you know, I, try, I, I hire great people. I really yeah. believe that they do an amazing job. This sitter had actually watched my pets and I know she'd been beyond thorough. She yeah. had gone back through two years worth of notes to make sure that there was nothing she had missed. And just the idea that she had basically stepped over messes in the house <laughs> when she was there, I just couldn't even wrap my head around how that could have been true. In addition to the fact that they're saying there's 20 plus messes in the house and my manager had been there in the middle of the trip. Yeah. So how in the world did she not see something? I mean, this is a person who's been with us for four years as a sitter and a manager, and she does nothing but excellent work. And I just cannot... Basically, he's claiming that my sitters went in, they went in and they didn't do anything. And they just, you know, had the dogs poop on the floor (laughs) and left it there and stepped over it. Um, How did you finally get a hold of him? Like, or did, so you left these messages. Only email. Yeah, we only communicated via email. He never called me back. I did try to meet with him multiple times. I sent him multiple emails just saying, hey, I, I don't understand the details that are going on. I really believe it's whenever possible especially when people are really angry, it's best to meet with them in person, especially because I'd never seen the house. I'd never met the pets. I'd never met this man. So I had a really hard time gauging how he was reacting to things, especially over email. I want to slow you down for a minute. It's good because number one, they can see the sincerity in you Mm -hmm. there, number one. And then you can gauge them and they can feel like very validated and that they're heard. Absolutely. So it's, it's really important to do it that way sometimes. And the phone Absolutely. Can be very crashed. Sometimes even email can too, because people have like some superpowers behind themselves when they're on the typing away. I think that's a really cool point to bring in. So, but you were not allowed any of those opportunities. So you yes. got an email back from him, right? Yeah. So he emailed back to me and I just emailed him a couple of times saying, Hey, I'd really like to meet with you. You know, if we can't meet, can we talk on the phone? I really just don't understand some of the things that happened. And I want to make sure I'm clear on everything before I make a decision. In this time, he's emailing me some not super nice emails, just saying that we need to, you know, issue him a full credit for everything. He's bashing us online, giving us terrible reviews. He's going off the handle. And I think it's amazing he still stayed level-headed. That was the impressive part for me, is that despite his craziness, you didn't allow his craziness to penetrate you in the way that you acted. You kept responding and not reacting. And I think that's a really important lesson. And that's why I wanted to have you on this podcast, so that people could see that despite all of this stuff coming at you, 
you made the right decision. Yeah. And, and I don't want to say it wasn't upsetting because it definitely was, but every time I would get an email, I, I have a firm rule where if there's an email that causes me to have any sort of emotional reaction, I walk away from it at least five or 10 minutes and then I come back. Oh yeah. It. You're definitely human. Yeah. You didn't react to him. You exactly. Know? A lot of people would come with a response out of a reaction or an emotional response, you know? And I yeah. just think it's great how you did that. So what happened? What happened? So he's back so, online and you're getting these. Yeah. Emails. So we exchanged a few emails back and forth and he's still very upset. I understand why he wouldn't meet with me, his wife's health. They weren't allowed to have other people in the house, which had not become clear to me in the beginning. I thought he just didn't want to meet with me. So once I understood that, I said, you know, let's definitely, here is all the information I can provide to you via email so that we can make sure this is clear. So at that point, I laid out everything in an email. I, it was, I can't even say how long. It was ridiculously long where I said... And I was up front. I said, I really want to just... I'm not blaming anyone. I'm not saying anyone's at fault. I really don't know what happened. I wasn't there. You weren't there. I really just want us to work together as a team to try to figure out what happened because I inherently believe the best in people. And I believe that your friends did what they thought was best and my sitters did what they thought was best. So all I can believe here is that there was some sort of miscommunication. I laid out all the facts as we knew them. And then I laid out a section that was, here are all my questions. You know, where in the house were accidents? Could the dogs have gotten behind a baby gate? One of the major things that came up was that the house was locked up. And the reason the house was locked up is because there'd been a mountain lion sighting in the area. And he had told the sitter to lock the house up and not let the dogs out while he wasn't home. He'd forgotten about that. So, but we had proof of that in their communications and their texts. So we knew that that was fact. So, you know, we were just going through these things. And then I laid out a section of here's theories, you know, and I said, I don't know that any of these are correct. Again, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm really just trying to throw out every possible scenario that I can think of. And so I did that. He went through and he picked apart my email. Like he sent me multiple emails back to back, just analyzing every sentence. He's a very eloquent man. I don't know what he does for a living. (laughs) He's either a lawyer or a doctor or something. He writes the most beautiful emails, (laughs) which can be used for good or evil, depending on the scenario. So I received multiple emails from him after that. And then I waited because he actually... His last email, he was going to check on some things and I felt like there's still a bit up in the air and I needed to really consider what he was saying. So I didn't respond right away. There was at least a 24, 36 hour gap in between emails. And it was kind of overnight there. I decided, all right, I really have to figure out what I'm going to do with this. And I still could not see how my sitters were at fault. So... I'd been planning on offering him a partial refund just to get it done with and move on. I could not see a good way to stand my ground without any more proof than we had. And he didn't have any proof. I didn't have any proof. And I felt like there was no good way to really come to any sort of resolution in this. Right, right. I understand. And that was like a good thing. It just seemed easier just to offer him a partial refund and walk away from it. Yeah. So... That's what I was planning on doing that morning. But instead, I woke up to an email (laughs) with him admitting guilt. And the sitters, I posted this email in our Facebook group for the sitters, the other sitters to see since everybody had been so helpful in offering suggestions through this whole experience. He was very remorseful. And basically what he discovered in this gap time where he was investigating is that... You were investigating. Let's make that clear. In your investigative report... 
after yeah. he had a chance to cool down and really think about it. Yeah. I mean, we had all this stuff. I mean, we had check-ins from the sitter because we have GPS check-in processes. We had yeah. all their notes and pictures that had been sent. I mean, we had timed picture yeah. tags from, because we so, sent pictures to the clients regularly. For time's um, sake, what was the conclusion that he admitted guilt because... Yeah, he admitted guilt because he had, when scheduling the appointment, left a gap day and a half between us and the people who were job sharing with us. And the dogs had been locked in the house that entire time. Oh my gosh. So he felt awful. We felt awful. He was very apologetic for blaming us and very apologetic. He felt terrible about the dogs. We felt terrible about the dogs. Normally the dogs would have had outdoor access if there hadn't been a mountain lion in the area. So they wouldn't have been fed for that time, but at least they wouldn't have been stuck inside. So it was just a calamity of issues that just all came to pass all at the same trip and at the same period. And he um, offered, didn't he offer your sitter some extra money for dealing? with it. Yeah. And, uh, and he offered our sitter another hundred dollars for an apology and offered to donate a hundred dollars to the charity of her choice. We have not taken him up on either. I think the sitter probably would. To be honest, we actually haven't had much communication with him since then. I sent him a couple follow-up emails. Probably embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I haven't followed up much since then because uh, like I said, they were dealing with some pretty serious health issues on his wife's part. And I haven't wanted to pry into yeah. that scenario. I feel he'll get in touch with us when he's ready. So yeah. He did ask if we'd stay on as pet sitters. We did. We gave that a few days to think about. <laughs> Thankfully, I pretty well insulated all of my staff from this. So my sitter never even saw the original emails. Um, we communicated with her just enough to understand what we thought was going on and what she could understand from the situation. And my manager never saw any of the additional emails either. After it switched to contact with me, she never had any further contact with him. So I had all of that. You know, even though I was communicating with my manager about what was going on, she didn't actually have to bear the brunt of any of it. Right. So I think that helped. And they both agreed that they would continue working with him. I really left it up to them. I could see either way it going well. And we just put in place for them that if he decides to use this in the future, we're not going to job share with him anymore. And it we're going to keep it to the existing sitters who are known to him, which might mean we sometimes can't provide services. But I think we just decided... It also kind of offers you a little bit of a way out if you want Yeah. It gives us a way out and we weren't willing to expose any other staff to his wrath should something else happen. So it was just so strong and severe. I just think that the way that you handle this is just so exemplary and that people, I hope that our listeners hear and are able to learn about being able to take a step back, what ways to offer up, you know, not really like, how do I solve this? Okay, let me give him a refund. But it's Mm -hmm. like, How do I actually understand this? And can I wholeheartedly offer to solve a problem that I don't even necessarily understand? It's still a mystery. And how to offer to become a team with the client on your investigation. So well done. I was so impressed, especially at the end, that he, number one, was able to admit guilt because he had a choice there too. He could have just stayed angry and not even admitted that he was wrong. But I think that your professionalism deserves to be applauded. And I just love the company that you've built. So thank you for coming on. You never know where your light's going to shine. And I really, truly believe that you're going to inspire a lot of people listening. If Liana has inspired you guys, I want you to comment wherever you found this podcast. I want you to tag her if you're in our group and say, thanks for sharing this. Remember to like and subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher and always keep jumping. Thanks for jumping with Bella in your business. 
For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions, and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, Bella's got your shoot.